What do you think of me, I wonder? What do you think of what I've done to my dark stranger? Do you think he deserved it? Do you think the clever winged one deserved what I did to him as well? Do you think I was wrong? Do you think I was cruel? Or do you think I was justified? I don't think I believe any of these things. I think we make choices in the moment, either selfishly or unselfishly, or neither, or both. We sometimes do what we think is best, but we also sometimes slip and fall. We sometimes do things that are ill-advised or bad, probably because we are in our own kind of pain. When we can let that go, maybe, we gain perspective. I'm gaining perspective, but I still don't have answers. I'm merely taking things one day at a time. I have a story for you. But, unlike most of my stories, this one is not about a who, but rather a what. But we will call her a who, because in effect that's what she was. There was once a beautiful house. It was all alone at the end of a very long road. It was the only road you could take to get to this house. Many roads led to that road, but that road only led to one place. This house. Large, strong, and graceful. She was made with love. And even her flaws were considered assets. Like the ivy climbing up the grey brick of her exterior walls. Or the bird's nest that sat just under the corroded copper weather vane at her highest peak. Her outdated color schemes and design were called charm, and that was a fantastic word to describe her. Charm. Old houses you see have souls of their own. They may not be able to tell us directly, but if you've been in a place like this, you know what I'm speaking of. Houses can have souls. And though it is not in the way that we understand it, they can love us if we love them the right way. This house had seen many people. The first family that lived here, the one that built it, she loved the most. But when the patriarch and, incidentally, also her designer passed away within her walls, the rest of the family decided it was time to move on and sold her to someone else. Yes, she mourned. Yes, the pain was palpable. But it didn't take long for a new family to move in. And this new family was different but wonderful at the same time. She brought some joy and lightness to the stern father. She brought comfort and calm to the anxious mother. 
and she did everything within her power to keep the children safe and happy. Everything was warm and light and beautiful and whimsical. She thrived again, and when they needed to leave her eventually, she mourned yet again, but welcomed the next family even more warmly. And so it went for years upon years upon years, until one family, until the last family. The people were sweet enough, a mother and her three children. They were good to each other and good to the house, but she couldn't help but feel a sort of shadow that moved in with them. A shadow of something that caused them all to be fearful at all times. They had arrived with a sense of joy and relief, but also some kind of trepidation that the house couldn't help but feel. She felt that they were nervous, perhaps even a little traumatized, and this made the gentle house's heart ache for them. She wanted a family to laugh within her walls once more. She wanted, perhaps needed, their love and their laughter. And no matter how much sparkling light she would shine into their bedrooms in the morning, or how fresh she ensured the air was, and no matter how much she tried to love this family like the others. She felt this thing between her and them, and she couldn't quite tell what it was. Until one night. It was past midnight, and everyone was in their beds. The house herself had let her guard down and was resting, as she sometimes did at night. Then in the darkness, the stillness was broken with the sound of a horrible shriek. It was the youngest daughter. She was screaming in her bedroom, and soon enough, as if they had been through this before and knew exactly what to do, the mother and the other two children ran into the girl's room and held her, asking what had happened and where it was. And the littlest child sobbed and cried out, This house is evil, too. And in her confusion and shame, and in the part of her that ached at the accusation, the beautiful house wept. Her walls groaned and creaked with it, like ribs that hadn't taken deep breaths in a very long time. And the children screamed all together at the sound of it. No, no, I would never hurt you. She wished she could say it. But she couldn't. She could just rattle her walls a little and knock on them. But this only served to frighten the family more. No, please, no, not again, the mother quietly prayed. And despite the fact that she still wasn't quite sure what was going on, the house stilled herself. For the good of the family. She wouldn't ever wish them to fear her. She wanted them to love her. She wanted them to be happy within her. But things changed after that night. Priests came and shouted things she didn't understand at her. When she tried to reply and explain herself, the only sounds she could make again were groans and bangs and knocks and nonsensical whispers. 
and the priests were certain that something evil was with them. Spiritual mediums came and tried to cleanse her, and when she tried to say, What can I do to help? Please do what you must so that this family can finally be happy. The rooms grew colder or warmer, or shook a little and knocked picture frames from the walls. And this only made her weep more, creating more strange sounds that the mediums asserted were signs of something evil inside of her. Houses cannot speak like we do. But just because we do not understand them does not mean that they are evil. Poor beautiful thing she was. She was becoming heartbroken and terrified at the idea of the family leaving, and perhaps never being replaced after something like this. But one evening, one medium in particular sat quietly in a room, her eyes closed, and did not seem distressed by the sounds the house made. She seemed to be able to listen past them, and instead to something else. The thing that the family had been speaking of all along. She felt it. The medium was able to bring it forward, to force it into the light a little. And the old house could see it too. A tall, shadowed figure. It was shaped like a man, but it didn't feel like a man. It felt like something she'd never felt living within her walls before. She'd felt humans, adult, children, elderly, infant. She'd felt dogs, cats, birds, even mice occasionally, though she'd blush to admit it. But this, this was something else, something different, something not human or animal at all. Suddenly the family's fear made sense to her. It's followed us here, one of them had said, and the house felt for the first time a different kind of fear. A fear of invasion, of invasion by this thing, this thing that she didn't know or understand. Who are you? the medium asked. The creature roared and railed and spoke some names that neither the medium nor the house could completely understand. Why are you tormenting this family? You've followed them from one house to another. Why will you not leave them alone? What do you want? Its answer, again, was incomprehensible. But the house felt something the medium could not. The creature was from a terrible place that was full of pain and torment. And it wanted to leave that place. This part of the story I'm sure you know. One of the children had spoken to it, led it in somehow, and it had slowly gained more and more of a footing within the family, attached itself to them. It craved their light and their energy. But this came at the expense of their health and well-being. The family was afraid of it, and that made it angry. At first it had insinuated itself as a friend, but when they realized what had been going on, they tried to expel it, and it was furious at the idea of being sent back to the dark place it came from. 
The house couldn't really make it out, but she could sense snapping jaws and bloodied claws, glowing red eyes, dripping red fangs. It was a horrible thing without compassion or sympathy. It was only full of rage and destruction. Once the medium had identified the thing and told the family about what she'd seen, she told them to leave yet again, to keep moving, perhaps for years, to travel, try and lose the thing. But, she warned them, they may not be able to. It could return at any time. And this was a sad reality they may have to come to terms with. And the family erupted into tears. The mother and her children held each other and tried to find some comfort in this awful diagnosis. And the house decided that she would not let them endure this a day longer. They packed up the next day and left. The house wept and mourned, but she was resolved to help, even if they were no longer her family. Wherever they went, she decided, they would still be hers. Evening came, and the darkness and silence within the house was terrible. She was heartbroken, but she was prepared. For in the darkness and the silence, she knew it would come. It walked the halls looking for the children, looking for the mother. It seemed perplexed by the lack of their personal items. It sniffed the air. And when it decided that they were gone and the house was empty, it bellowed and roared and clawed at the walls. Furious. The house groaned in pain, and her charming old wallpaper was marred. It bounded towards the door to leave and search for them again. It sniffed and sniffed, as if it was able to track them like a hound. But when it reached the door, she kept it firmly shut on him. Sure, it could pass through walls and doors if it wanted to. But these were her walls and doors and she would not let anyone pass. Not physically, and not spiritually. She would not let it leave. It pounded on her doors. It tried to shatter her windows. It tried to tear up her floors. But she remained strong. She fought back. And with a loud, rattling cry, she uttered in a language they both could understand, You will not hurt them. Its red, glowing eyes widened. After pausing a moment to understand to whom he was speaking, he roared out a reply that seemed to say, I only hurt. I am pain. I always hurt. Evil, the children had said. They thought the thing was evil. I've told you before, my friends, and I'll tell you again. I'm not sure about this idea of evil. I think there is pain, anger, and suffering, and I think that terrible, evil things are born of those.
and this gentle house felt that this horrible creature meant what it said. It was made up only of pain. It didn't understand anything else. It didn't know anything else. And it wanted that family's joy and light. Not to destroy it, but to be close to it. Perhaps to have it. And their rejection of it hurt. She understood that. For she too had been rejected by them. The house quieted itself. The moonlight seemed to stream in through the window in soft beams that fell across the incorporeal creature, enveloping it. She sighed, and the spirit felt her cool breath across its strange skin. The spirit felt, somehow, calm. Loved. Do you hurt now? She asked it. It thought for a long moment. When it didn't answer, they both understood what that meant. It walked slowly towards the door, wanting to try to leave again. But it hesitated as its clawed, shadowy hand reached towards it. Don't go after them, she whispered softly, the house's voice and soul wrapping around the creature in an embrace as impossible as the creature itself was. Please, stay. And it did. The house remained empty after that night. The door wouldn't open for anyone. No one dared enter it. No one wanted to sell it. Perhaps one day it will be destroyed. But when that day comes, it will not be alone. Good night, my friends. Hi everyone, thanks so much for listening to episode 53 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen, your writer, host, podcaster, pal. I hope you're doing well. A few shout-outs this week. First of all, a huge thank you to Molly, who supported us by buying us a coffee on coffee.com. They also wrote, thanks for sharing your stories. Thank you, Molly, for the wonderful gift and for your kind words. Another thank you to Cody, who recommended us on Facebook and wrote, Lovecraft meets ASMR. I'm sure lots of my friends would enjoy the narrator's voice as much as I do. Thanks so much for sharing that, Cody. That's an awesome review. If you want to help out like Molly and Cody, you can do so a few different ways. First, you can review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our Facebook page. Also, you can support us on Coffee. You can find our page at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. Or if you'd like to get the nice perk of access to our ever-updated soundtrack, you can become a monthly patron on Patreon. Our page there is patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. Oh, also some other news I almost forgot about. 
We are now on YouTube, so you can find our episodes there. The channel is On a Dark Cold Night. Head on over and subscribe. You can like your favorite videos, all that fun stuff. Finally, you can also listen on the Radio Public app, where every listen goes towards supporting me as your podcaster financially. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or on our Facebook page. So, uh, you won't be hearing from me next week because I'm taking a little vacation for a week. I'm super excited, but I will be back at it in March, so keep an eye out that first week for episode 54. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Until then.